0: It is great to be back here, but I will tell you, I, I am blessed every week by uh, Dennis's sermons. Uh, he's going to be, hopefully, watching at 11 o'clock, so I don't know if I'm going to say it then. He'll get a big head. But uh, we are really blessed to have Dennis as a pastor here, uh, both in his sermons and his uh, concern for people. So I just tell you, uh, Becky and I are blessed. By Dennis and his ministry with us today we're going to look at Psalm 144 as we continue the summer series uh, in some of the Psalms we don't have time this summer to look at all of them I wanted uh, I say this now because I won't say it when Dennis is listening but uh, you know Dennis didn't leave me any good Psalms to preach from <laughs> he took all the good ones uh, You know, there's only 150, so what am I to pick from? But today, Psalm 144, and I want to say that uh, when you read a psalm, when I read a psalm, we can overlook great truths in a psalm. For example, in your Bible, if you're looking at Psalm 144, if you're probably looking on your phone, which I sometimes do, it may not have, but some of them have titles. You know, it kind of tells you what is the point of the psalm. For example, in my uh, Bible, it says it's, the title is Prayer for Rescue and Prosperity. Now, then you read it, and that's what's on your mind. But I would tell you, you can overlook maybe another truth that is blatantly there because you get in your mind that's what this psalm is about. Now, I think this psalm is that way. This Today, I don't want you to think about rescue and prosperity. I want us to think what David does here is shows us his understanding of God's blessing on his life, of how God has blessed him. I, I, uh, Becky's father received a card once, uh, and on the front of the card, all you see is a man looking into a refrigerator, and all you see in the refrigerator it's butter all over on various dishes. All you see is butter, blue, uh, blue, a yellow blood, butter all over. And the man says, honey, where's the butter? And you open the card and she goes, it's yellow. You know, I'm like that sometimes when I can't find something and you look and you look and it's just not there. And I'll ask Becky and she goes, it's right there. You know, I just can't see it. Well, the same is true of the psalm. You can read it and overlook great truths. And today, I want you to see from Psalm Psalm 144, the great truth of how God blesses. That God is blessed in the past. God is blessing today. And God will continue to bless. God blesses us over and over in many ways. And today's testimony of David is just that. If you notice verse 3 and 4, we're going to read it now, but I want you to notice, especially, we'll come back to verse three, 3 and 4 to begin with. But open your Bible and let's read Psalm 144 together. Blessed be the Lord my rock, who trains my hands for war and my fingers for battle. He is my steadfast love, my fortress. My stronghold and my deliverer, my shield, and in and he in whom I take refuge, who subdues peoples under me. O Lord, what is man that you regard him, or the son of man that you think of him? Man is like a breath, his days are like a passing snow, a shadow. Bow your heavens, O Lord, and come down. Touch the mountains so that they smoke. Flash forth the lightning and scatter them. Send out your arrows and rout them. Stretch out your hand from on high. Rescue me and deliver me from the many waters from the hand of the foreigners whose mouths speak lies and whose right hand is is a right hand of falsehood. I will sing a new song to you, O God. Upon a ten-string harp I will play to you who gives victory to kings, who rescues David, his servant, from the cruel sword. Rescue me and deliver me from the hand of foreigners whose mouths speak lies and whose right hand is a right hand of falsehood. May our sons and their youth be like plants, full grown. Our daughters like corner pillars cut for the structure of a palace. May our granaries be full, providing all kinds of produce. May our sheep Bring forth thousands and ten thousands in our fields. May our cattle be heavy with young, suffering no mishap or failure and bearing. May there be no cry of distress in our streets. Blessed are the people to whom such blessings fall. Blessed are the people whose God is their Lord. In verse 3 and 4, it's a great question that you need to consider. What is man? What are you? What am I that God would have regard? That's why, as David's, as uh, De- uh, Dennis says every week, and Peter wrote, All flesh is like grass, and all its glory like the flower of the grass. The grass withers and the flower falls, but the word of the Lord remains forever. Let us pray. Lord, thank you that your word is true, that we find great truths in your word that refresh us, that give us hope, that give us clarity, that direct our paths, great truths of your word that show us about our Redeemer, Jesus, that show us about the the great blessings that you pour out upon us day after day, minute by minute, May we, Lord, learn to praise you for who you are, and what you have done, what you will continue to do until the end of the ages. Lord, thank you and speak through us, speak through your word through me. May we not leave here unchanged. By your spirit, Lord, do the work that the spirit was sent to do. And we pray this, that Christ will be glorified in in his powerful name, amen. What does it mean to be blessed? What is a blessing? You know, <clears throat> we throw around words in the Christianese grace, blessing, other words. What, what does it mean to be blessed? Actually, the, the original Hebrew word means to kneel. To kneel. Why? Because. That was the position in which you received a blessing. You kneeled. You know, how many of you know how how a knight receives his knighthood? What does he do? He kneels. Why? To receive the blessing of becoming a knight. What happens? I remember um, when Rob was ordained as an elder here in the church. What happened? He knelt, right? And the elders laid their hands upon him and blessed him and ordained him. So the idea of a blessing is to put yourself in a position before someone else to receive what they give. And the idea of a, bless, of a blessing is something that is provided to you, something that is given to you, something that is Poured out upon you so that you will have success, so that you will have power, so that you will be able to do something that that is asked upon you. And when God blesses, it's the idea that He is giving you what you need to bless you with peace, to bless you with prosperity, to bless you with wisdom, to bless you with strength, to bless you with insights. To bless you so that you can understand God's Word. That's a blessing He gives you. God is giving you something. And what I want you to see here in Psalm 144, David is saying, I understand that. I understand God has blessed me in the past, that God is blessing me today and God will continue to bless me, because that's what I need. That's what I've experienced in my life and that's what I need. So first of all, It is that our God, our God has blessed us. Look at verses 1 and 2 of Psalm 144. We don't know what situation David was in. We don't understand how things were going. But we know this. Notice what he says in verses 1 and 2. David describes a dramatic, descriptive... or David writes a dramatic descriptive uh, uh, of, of God. He, he marvels, he's amazed at who God is. Look at verse 1 and 2. How many, how many adjectives, how many descriptives does, uh, is there in verse 1 and 2 about God? How many? Count them. Look in your Bible. How many descriptive terms are there of God in verses 1 and 2? Anybody got an answer? How many? Seven, eight? Seven or eight? What's David doing here? Look at him. Verse one, he's a rock. My God is a rock. Verse two, he's steadfast love. The, idea, the word that's used there is a covenantal love that's used throughout the Bible and the Old Testament. Covenantal love. God promise that he's going to love you. And then a fortress. You know, the idea, he's a castle. He's our defense. A stronghold. He's our refuge. He's a deliverer. He's the shield. He's a refuge. He subdues over and over. God. He's why? Why? Where does David get all that? How does David know that? Let me ask you. How many of you children? Now uh, this is going to be hard, but how many of you all? I asked Scott Finch about this, but three years ago at Vacation Bible School, I taught the children. And, and we learned a song together and maybe you remember the song maybe not uh, I think my grandsons went and in, in the song we said who's your rock tell me who's your rock you remember that you remember that and this is what the song says the Lord is my rock my fortress and my deliverer you remember it my rock my God is a rock in whom I take refuge he's the horn of my salvation my stronghold. And then what's it say? Who? Who's your rock? Come on, tell me who's your rock. Who's who's your rock? Come on, tell me who's your rock. That's what David is saying right here. He's doing the same thing. He's saying, who's your rock? I know who my rock is. I know who my God is. I know who is on my side. How does David know this? How does David know this about God? Because God has shown it to him throughout David's life. He has experienced personally what God has done for him over and over. He's testifying of how God has blessed him, of how God has, what God has done for him, how God has acted, because the blessing is somebody acting, doing something. And this is what God has done for him. I will tell you, Becky's going to kill me for this. Uh, I know Becky's abilities. Becky is an organizer. She's excellent at organizing. Dennis was at our house and he was leaving. He looked in our garage where my workbench is and he goes, "Wow, you're so organized." And I said, "It's Becky. It's Becky's." It's now me, I, it would be, a, it was a mess until she come out. Came out one time, said, "Carl, we got to get this organized." So there's labels on the drawers and. You know, and she's a very gifted teacher in, in, in Czech Republic where we served our English camps. Becky organized them along with one other woman. We, I couldn't have done it. And she's taught. She, when we met, she was a director of Christian education. We don't have that anymore. But she was over all the youth in the Sunday schools. That's her gifts. She has those gifts and abilities. How do I know that? How do I know she has those gifts? Because I've seen it personally I've experienced it personally and that's what David is saying I've experienced what God has done personally in my life because God has blessed me in the past you remember we extoll David because what did he do with Goliath he killed Goliath right but you miss the point of what David says before that remember David comes to King Saul and says who is this uncircumcised Philistine that's uh, you know saying these things about Israel and he says I'll go fight him and that's what we remember David goes and takes a sling and kills Goliath but you miss what's most important what does David say to Saul when before he goes fight him in second Sam and first Samuel 17 the whole thing takes place and in verse 37 this is what David says to Saul and to the other Israel, uh, the leaders of Israel. Before he goes and fights, he says, The Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion, from the paw of the bear, will deliver me from the hand of this Philistine. And Saul said, Go and may the Lord be with you. But David didn't go because he knew he was able to do it. He had seen what the Lord had done in his life, and he gave praise to what the Lord had done and was doing and would continue to do. David testifies that God is the one who is blessed. God is the one who has done all these things. And what do we do in response when we see what God has done in our life? How do we respond But it should be the same way. My God who has protected me. My God who has done all these things for me. My God who has provided for me. Who has been my rock and my deliverer. That's the God I worship. And I don't fear as others fear. I have hope as others don't have hope that don't know Christ. If Christ... If you know Christ as your Savior, you have one on your side that no non-Christian ever has. One who is praying for you and on your side and has blessed you and will continue to bless you. That's what David is saying here. But go on. Look at verses 5 through 11. What does David say next? David is saying, God is going to be with me now. God I don't, we don't know what David's situation was. We don't know how, what was happening in his life, but we know this. David knew God was there. Just that he has blessed him in the past, David knew that he would bless him today and to forever. Now, if you look at verses uh, 5 and through 11 in this psalm, you'll see David crying out to God in a way... That David realizes he needs God's help now. And that's, the, that's what you see here. Bow your heavens, O Lord, and come down. Now! Doesn't have the word now there, but that's the idea. It's says, I need you today. And we're all in that situation. That's where we live. We live in the day-to-day situations of I don't have enough wisdom. I need more something that God needs to provide for me. I need God in a way every day. And I need to praise the God that He has done it in the past and will continue to do it. On Saturday morning, a few weeks ago, Andy Hansen was leading the Bible study. He led uh, from Judges 6 about Gideon. Now, we don't have time to go to Judges 6 right now, but this is the basic context. Gideon is talking to God and basically says, God, I know everything you did for Israel in the past. You split the waters. You brought us out of Egypt. You brought us into the promised land. You did all this for us in the past. But where are you today? Where are you today? We need you now, and it's like you don't show up. You aren't there. And that's where most of us live Where are you, God, in my problems? Woe is me, Lord. Look at how bad things are. We moan, we groan, we complain. Just like Gideon. As as Andy led us to see, though, we need to reflect upon what God has done and believe He will continue to do that. Uh, we went on from Judge the to Psalm 105, which is a reflection of all that God has done. What is David asking in this psalm? What is David asking in the verses? He's saying, God, just as you have done it in the past, do it today. I depend upon you. In Psalm 18, it's something very similar language in Psalm 18 where David is talking about what God has done. He says in Psalm 18, beginning at verse 14, this is describing what God has done. He has sent out His arrows and scattered them, and lightning flashes in abundance and routed them. Then the channels of water appeared, and the foundations of the world were laid bare, and you... Your rebuke, O Lord, at the blast of the breath of your nostrils. He sent from on high. He took me. He drew me out of the many waters. He delivered me from the strong enemy and from those who hated me. For they were too mighty for me. They confronted me in the day of my calamity. But the Lord was my stay. See, David, very similar words here. And he's saying, just as you did in the past, Lord, I need you to do it today. I depend upon you. What do you do when you're uh, encountering situations that are hard? What do you do? Whether it be a sickness, whether it be something at work and you're not sure what to do, whether it be a family situation, whether it be stress and strain of working from home and you don't want to work from home anymore, Whatever it is, a financial... What do you do? As a believer in Jesus Christ, what do you do? Do you go and say, Lord, just as you have done it in the past, I name you, Lord, as my provider, God who has provided. Do you do like David? God, let me think of all the things, all the ways you have provided, all the ways you have taken care of me, all the things you have done in the past. And I know you're the same God. That's what we should do. David Stoddard, one of the missionaries we support, who is a mission the world, who's over all of Europe and works in Germany. He wrote recently, um, what do you do during times of trouble? And this is what he, part of what he wrote. He said, speak honestly and frequently to the Lord. It may be a weak groan, an exasperated sigh, Or a loud scream. Sometimes it's simply an amen you speak when someone you love reads a psalm. That may be all you can muster. Keep speaking. Look expectantly. David says, I love the reminder that Michael Card gives us in his song, In the Wilderness. God doesn't just call the wayward and the wandering to wilderness. Now listen to this. God doesn't just call the wayward and the wandering to the wilderness. He calls his sons and daughters. And then comes, David writes, the line I love. Turmult, tumult, I can't say that word, tumult, doesn't mean you're lost. Tumult doesn't mean you're lost. In fact, wandering in the wilderness Is the best way to be found. Wandering in the wilderness is the best way to be found. Look expectantly for God to meet you in the wilderness that we call tumult. He often meets his children there. One of the times our experiences in the Czech Republic I learned to snow ski and um, at 40 years old, it's not something I wanted to take up, but it was great. But when we went to the Czech Republic, they were not so advanced in some things. And I remember one trip we took, uh, Rob, his older brother Ellis and I, we were gonna go ski on this ski slope, but you have to get to the top of the ski slope, right? And in this particular case, the skis, the way you got to the top was, you took, it was like a disc, about that big or so, on a cord, and you stuck it between your legs and you held on while you're holding your ski poles and you rode up this rut and it pulled you up. Well, I, I knew I'm gonna have trouble with this. So we made an agreement, the three of us. Rob's already laughing about it. And uh, now, Rob at that point was small. You, you know, you look at Rob now, he's 6'1, you think, okay, you know, but at that point, actually, they had a little nickname for him, Persecue. Or something like that, wasn't it? Like that? What was it? But, and it meant little one. Because Rob was little. He, he outgrew his brother, which brother, his brother, older brother, still hadn't forgiven him for. But um, anyway, we're going up and we made an agreement. While well, we started going up the ski slope that if one of us falls off, we all get off. We're not going to leave everybody stranded. So Rob went first and then me and then my, our oldest son was behind me. Well, you know who falls off? We, I don't know if we're halfway up or anywhere. I, I, you know, I'm sitting there doing my best to keep my skis in the rut and hold my ski poles and hold on to the rub and keep that thing in my, between my legs. And I'm going up and I don't know what happened. My skis got twisted and I went down. Well, where am I? I'm right in the way of everybody else coming up, so I scramble to get out of the way and Ellis is behind us. So he sees me fall, so he gets off. Rob's in front and we start hollering at Rob to get off. Rob doesn't hear us, Ellis and I are there, we have to scramble and there's a probably a a line of forest or trees probably 20 to 30 yards between us and where the ski slope is. So Rob's going up and Rob's gonna go all the way to the top and he's gonna get to the top and what's gonna happen? He's gonna get out and he's gonna turn around and where's dad? Where's Ellis? Not to be found. So Ellis and I, we make our way back through the trees to get to the ski slope, and all along I'm worried about Rob. Here's little Rob. This is still new to us. We are not experienced skiers. He's gonna get to the top, and what's he gonna do? I can't get, you can't get get back on this. You can't grab onto it and go up there. You can't. I'm sitting here thinking, oh Lord, what's gonna happen to Rob? Poor Rob. What's he going to do? I guess he'll, what if he gets lost? You know, I don't know. I'm all worried. And so Ellis and I make our way through these line of trees. And we finally get to the ski slope. And we look up. And who's coming down right there? Rob. Rob gets there right about the time we get out of the trees. Here I was worried about Rod, but God had it all under control. God knew. God was there when He needed when I needed Him. All of us have had similar situations like that. Where we ask God, where are you? What are you doing? David's cry in these verses is: God, act now. God, do what you need to do. Come down, Lord and touch the mountains. In other words, change things. But more importantly, God, show me that you're still there. Show me how you are still the king that I worship. If, if, if you know Christ as your savior, <clears throat> that's what we do. We cry and say, Lord, I know you're there. Just give me a knowledge of it. Give me that Knowledge of your presence. Give me the peace I don't have. Give me awareness. Our daughter lives in New York City in Harlem along with her husband and is pregnant. Now you put two and two together. Pregnant and New York City and COVID. What have Becky and I been praying over and over? What do you think? God keep our daughter Carolyn. And the baby well and safe and away from COVID. Until one day we were praying that. And I actually think Becky came up with it. But uh, she says, you know, we need to just give thanks. Because we've been praying this for several days or even weeks. What do we need to give thanks for? That he has done it. He has protected them. He has taken care of them. He has kept them, uh, both uh, Carol and the baby, safe. And things are going well, and there were other things, you know, that were coming up in the situation about hospitals and who can be there and everything else. But God was taking care of her, and we needed to give thanks for what God had done. That's what we need to do daily think. God, I need to be like David and give thanks for what you are doing, even though I'm asking for you to do it, to realize you're there. You're doing these things in a daily basis. And do we need to praise Him? Praise doesn't just mean singing. Praise is the way we talk about God. Praise is about the way we act towards God. Praising is saying, God, I know you are my rock, my salvation, my deliverer. I'm praising you, God, in, my, in the very way that I talk, in the very way I pray, because I know who you are. You've proven it to me. You've shown it to me. God, you have blessed me in the past. God, you are blessing me today. And God, you will continue to bless me. And that's what David does in these last verses, 12 through 14. Look at it. Notice what he does in verses 12 through 14. It's a everything in this, uh, you know, is it's looking towards the future. There aren't actually in the original, there are not many verbs here. It's all implied. The whole tenor of 12 through 14, 14, and we'll get to 15, is looking at the future. And what does he ask for? Look at what he asked for. Just in verse 12. When you think of your son, what do you think you want him to be? A flower. right? Let your sons in their youth be as grown up as up plants. The word could be translated flowers. And what do you want your daughters to be? And our daughters as corner pillars, straight and strong, fashioned as for a palace. You know, David got it backwards, right? I want the men to be strong like a pillar and the wives to be beautiful like flowers. No, David didn't get it backwards. You know, it's the point is David is saying, I want my men to be strongly rooted like plants, firm in what they believe, firm in where they stand, not moved by the situations around them. And I want my daughters to be what? Now, you could translate, Actually, could be translated our daughters as corner pillars sculptured to grace a palace. Get the idea. Beautiful. Not just some ordinary pillar. Beautiful people. When uh, our daughter was was young, when our kids were young, there was a song that was sung often, or not sung, but we loved it. We played it often. It's called Isabella is a Pick. Any of y'all know that song? Isabella is a pig, yeah. It's a great song. This is what it says. Isabella is a pig with a ring in her snout. You can dress Lizzie up, but you can't take her out. She'll jump in the middle of a big mud puddle because Isabella is a pig. Now a pretty little girl, when her temper shows, looks like a pig with a ring in her nose. All the cute little ribbons and ruffles and rings look silly when you do them, When you do foolish things, you can dress a pig up and it goes on and repeats it, but you can't take her out. And then it says, so a little girl who obeys, loves to obey. Listen to your parents every day. Don't be like a pig who wallows in a mud. What she wears can make what she does look good. David is saying, I want little girls. I want girls who don't act like pigs but who are beautiful, obedient. I want men and women who love the Lord and obey the Lord and do what the Lord wants, who love doing and serving the Lord. You know, when when we were leaving the Czech Republic, I doubted, what did God want me to do? I did, I wrestled with it for a long time. Becky asked me, what do you want to do? And I said, I don't know. I don't know what God wants me to do. And I started actually doubting. I wondered. But God knows. And when we doubt, we're doubting that God is going to bless us in the future. That God has got it worked out. God is in control. Trust that the Lord is going to bless you in the future as he blessed you in the past. And as he's blessing you today. That's what David is saying here. I want God to bless us. As he's blessed us in the past. And he's doing it with confidence. There's no question here. There's, David, there's no, in the, in the text, there's no if God is going to do it. It's when God is going to do it. And then look at the last verse, verse 15. How blessed are the people. What? What does it say? How blessed are the people to whom such blessings fall. Blessed are the people whose God is the Lord. That's us. Right? We are the ones who have been blessed. And we are the ones who get to praise the Lord, who get to trust in Him, who get to think about tomorrow because of what God has done in the past and live today because of what God is, who God is and what He has done. We need to rejoice like David because because God has given us all that we need. Most of all, he's given us his own son to die for us. And there's no greater reason than we need than that to pray and to bless the Lord with all of our heart. Let us pray. Let us. Lord, we thank you that just as you've shown David in the past, you show us that you are the God. The God who is full of blessings, who gives and provides, who cares, who protects, who delivers. You are that God And you're the one that we praise now and praise daily by the very way we speak and act and live. May we learn to trust in you more and more. In Christ's name, amen. Let us stand together and sing our closing hymn, hymn number, or Be Still My Soul. Let us stand together as we sing.